Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome in to the Inside Carolina podcast presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. I'm your host, Ross Martin, and this is The Scoop, the new name for our UNC football recruiting podcast, the premier UNC football recruiting podcast. And as always, I'm joined by Don, Donnie Scoops, Callahan. Don, what do you think of the new name for the podcast, and how are you? Well, uh, love the new name. John Siegley actually came up with it. I think it's uh, simplistic, but yet uh, very descriptive. Tells us what, what's going on here and and what we're dishing up to uh, the listeners. As far as how I'm doing, we started actual school on Monday. And I got to say, I don't feel like the teachers have given my kids enough assignments because I think we are all done for the week already and it's only wednesday which is adding a little bit of craziness uh what do you think of the name and how is life for you in isolation because you're you're one of the ones i worry about the most not to make fun of it of it but you know my family absolutely drives me crazy but it's good because it keeps me sane you i hope that you're not like sniffing glue writing Mm. on walls anything like that i can't say thirsting for women or else it gets deleted. <laughs> What's going on with you? First, the na- I like the name. John Siegley came up with that. I don't want it to be confused with your weekly scoop, which is the premium feature you release every Tuesday morning. With but they are free. related. They're cousins. Yeah. And then your nickname, which is kind of taken off on the message board and on Twitter, Donnie Scoops, including that one guy who makes like graphics for you. <laughs> yeah. That are like, he probably what, listens to podcasts. What, uh, what do you think of the graphics? The edits, as they call them. They could use a little work. One of them makes you, I screenshot it, it makes you look like a super old man. Yeah, yeah. But I um, love you know, I love the dedication, though. Because, I mean, no, he you makes these love, edits. You, yeah, yeah, for I mean, a lot this, of recruits and everything. You're this lowly um, football recruiting guy, and this guy's, you know, loving you. Yeah. Well, who doesn't love you? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it's becoming just every day is the same. For me, I mean, work is is very busy. We had um, Jay Bateman on Monday. We have Chaz Surratt today at noon. We were recording Wednesday morning around 9.08 a.m. I think we have Chaz Surratt at noon today. So we're getting a, a coach and a player a week, it seems. Last week, we had Roy Williams as well. So that's keeping us pretty busy uh, work-wise. But I, I try to get outside, start my gardening. Uh, spent 100 bucks at the nursery yesterday buying some plants. And some um, other stuff for the yard, and try to run every other day, or at least do some sort of um, physical activity. And hey, then work, I have, and then I have a exercise story that I think you'll like. I'm going to save it for our top five, which we're going to do later. But I think okay. you're going to like it. 
Yeah, and that leads well into our top five for this podcast, the top five things that you kind of discovered or are doing more now that you're quarantined and spending more time at home. Those are what we're talking about today. The new top five, which we want you to email, message us, is um, the top five things you miss the most during this time of social distancing and quarantine. You know, obviously sports is going to be one of them, but, you know, there's college football wouldn't have started yet. So, but but we've been missing baseball, we've been missing hockey, uh, NBA, anything like that. But a lot of other things, um, there's a lot of different ideas of things you are missing the most during this time of social distancing and quarantine. Don, anything else and, and how they can reach out to you for that top five? It, yeah, as always, you can submit it via Twitter by tweeting at me at Don Callahan. I see submitting it on uh, Inside Carolina's message board via the uh, – the personal message, I guess, whatever thing. And then if you if you need to email it to me, uh, Don at InsideCaroline.com. Make sure to include your first name, just your first name, and your location. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I kind of thought we would get more for this this new one or th- this the one we're currently on. Um, maybe people aren't listening to the podcast as much, or maybe people didn't want to share what they've learned, or maybe they haven't learned anything, or, or they aren't doing anything new this time around. But we don't have a whole lot of submissions for uh, for for this this one that we're, we're going to talk about later on the podcast. Um, so yeah, great, and we're gonna jump right into it. Today's podcast a little bit different, but it's a very interesting topic. I think it'll, it'll do very well and be very intriguing. Is the top ten players that UNC wants? Recruiting wise, in the 2021 class, the Tar Heels have 12 commitments right now. They're going to take, we think, around 20. So obviously, they can't take all these 10, but they're going to miss on a couple, you would imagine. So the 10 most wanted targets in the 2021 class, we're going to go through each one. And within that, you're going to, you know, obviously provide some intel, some details on their game and, and how that recruitment's going. We first want to tease the weekly scoop, a great weekly scoop from Don this week. Uh, ton, over 250, 280 comments on the message board. Uh, 11 pages last time I looked last night. It's probably more than that right now. Uh, and then there's tons of information on a lot of these targets, just information on Ra Ra Dilworth, um, what's going on with Bryce, Bryce Steele's recruitment, and Tony Grimes and Will Shipley. So make sure you check that out. Uh, on Inside Carolina, the weekly scoop, Don's premium um, – sorry, I burped there. Premium uh, <laughs> uh, football recruiting kind of intel there. All right, let's get right into it, Don. So I uh, tasked this for you to come up with the 10 most wanted, and I'm going to put this into a content piece as well, so make sure you speak you know, clearly and concisely so I don't have to transcribe too much. We're going to go through w- what you think based on intel and what you heard, UNC's top 10 – most wanted um, targets for the 2021 class. You ready? I am ready. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna intro each person. You gave me the list beforehand. I'm gonna intro each per, each person. Provide some uh, ranking up rankings and and their height and weight and location. And then you're gonna provide what's going on with their recruitment. Um, any tidbits you can share, and then maybe a, a sense or two about their game. Okay. All right, that works. Then I'll, then, then I'll get I'll ask at least one follow up question. All right. Here we go. Number one, this is not in any order, just so you know. Tony Grimes, cornerback from Virginia Beach, Virginia, six foot, 180, number seven overall player in the 24 7 sports composite. 
number one cornerback, number one player in Virginia, five-star. Tony Grimes, floor is yours, Donald. All right, so earlier this month, he came out with a was a top eight. Clemson, Georgia, UNC, Ohio State, Penn State, Tennessee, Texas A&M, and Virginia. Uh, I think we probably can look at that list and say, all right, the, the main competitors here, Clemson, Georgia, North Carolina, and Ohio State. Penn State, maybe. I don't see Tennessee much of a factor. Texas A&M, they were until they lost their DB coach, and also distance, I think, hurts. I guess Virginia is kind of a, a little bit of a, a wild card in there just because it's in-state. Um, but really, for North Carolina's purposes, this comes down to Dre Bly. He has established a tremendous relationship with Grimes. And really, you know, Grimes looked up to him because they both are 757 guys, both play the same position. If Grimes were to go to North Carolina, Bly would be his position coach. Um, So really, I think North Carolina has a puncher's chance in this and can easily win this. Now, I wouldn't project UNC to be the school, but there definitely is a chance. As far as his ability, I mean, he's he's just, you know, a an unbelievably all-around cornerback. I mean, he's a five-star guy, has the length, has the speed. A great work ethic, um, definitely a guy who can shut down a receiver, but at the same time, he um, he can he can support the run and do other things that that you the, you would ask for of him. Yeah, and um, I mean, the fact that UNC's in this is, is is pretty incredible. I mean, this would be the highest ranked player they've ever gotten, I believe. Um, right now, Crystal Ball is, is favoring Georgia. You think it comes down to kind of UNC, Georgia, Clemson, Virginia? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I think I think North Carolina is going to be in this to the end. Interesting, yeah. And the Dre Bly factor there, both in the same area, both cornerbacks, obviously. And, um, you know, Bly went on to an All-American career at UNC and NFL career as well. All right, Tony Grimes, next player, a name familiar to most of our listeners, Will Shipley, all-purpose back from Matthews, North Carolina, 5'11", 198. He's a number 20 overall ranked player in the 24-7 sports composite. Number one, all-purpose back. Number one in the state of North Carolina, Don. All right. So I think the one thing we need to mention, though, is that, and this is awful timing for our podcast, 24-7 sports is updating their rankings at what is about lunchtime today on Wednesday. And so some of these rankings might be a little bit adjusted, not too far off. But yeah. um, I, I looked at them, and I don't think many of – at least a lot of UNC's commits don't really move too much. Yeah, yeah. And we'll have that all that covered on Inside Carolina. So if, if you are listening to this and want to kind of see where guys move, we definitely will have a story up. But just keep that in mind when you're listening to the numbers on the, for the podcast, if you're listening on Friday or Saturday or whatever. Um, anyway, with Shipley, uh, you know, earlier in the week – I'm sorry, earlier in the month – I spoke to him, and he didn't want to kind of name finalists or favorites or anything, but uh, he said, you know, the five schools that he will most likely end up at and the five schools that he's focusing in on are Notre Dame, Clemson, Stanford, NC State, and UNC. And I think when you look at his situation, you know, Clemson is is the perceived leader here. Now, he denies having a leader. North Carolina really has, hasn't became much of a threat until – Recently, when North when uh, uh, Drake May and some other guys committed, that's going to be UNC's in with him. I don't know if it's enough to um, overtake a school like Clemson, and even Notre Dame is is fighting tooth and nail to stay in this race and to be um, competitive with with doing some unique things with um, within the confines of working in a dead period. As far as his talents on the field, I mean, he's just. 
they li- we list him as an all-purpose back, but I actually think he's an every-down guy. I think he ha- he's capable of running between the tackles, but he also can get outside. He's dangerous that way. An unbelievable receiver, absolutely unbelievable receiver, unbelievable athlete overall. Uh, you know, he has runs with tremendous balance and vision. He actually, I think, makes it look easier than what it really is, which which um, makes him not look nearly as good. And to truly appreciate him, I didn't truly appreciate him. A lot of other people have shared this opinion until I saw him in person. And then you can actually see, okay, this is this is this is a different kid right here. Would you compare him to Christian McCaffrey? You know, a lot of people made that, that comparison. I think that. Um, <laughs> Why is that? You think? I, I think it's because Christian McCaffrey is is a is a white running back, and so is Bill <laughs> Shipley. And I think the fact that Shipley lives just outside Charlotte kind of plays into that. You know, which Panthers obviously play in Charlotte. Uh, I, you know, I wouldn't disagree with that completely but i think shipley is more of a you know in between the tackles and i don't want to yeah i know that was the knock with mccaffrey and i'm not trying to say that that he's not he's unable to do that in the nfl because obviously he does but i think shipley is more of a guy that that you can give the ball to more consistently more he has more power to his game um obviously you know in mccaffrey's what you know probably you know the best running back in the nfl so it's difficult to kind of compare him to a high school kid, but I mean, you know, Shipley's just like McCaffrey. The, the pure athleticism is, is is off the charts. You know, the numbers wise, and, and and all of that. So so yeah, I mean, I could see that, but I think it's kind of a lazy comparison just because of mm. their race. Here at the scoop, we're not afraid to talk about race. Apparently, <laughs> who's the next guy before I get in trouble? <laughs> okay, that's number. That was Will Shipley, the number num- the second guy we've talked about. All right, number three, Renaria Dilworth, a.k.a. Rara Dilworth, an outside linebacker from Kernersville, North Carolina, Glenn High School, 6'2", 185. He's ranked uh, 226 in the 24-7 sports composite, number 19 outside linebacker, number 13 in the state of North Carolina. Done. All right, so he, early on, I guess in February, narrowed it down to Alabama, Georgia, LSU, UNC, and uh, I believe Oklahoma was in there too. Um, and so, but ultimately, recently, I guess I should say, last week, he um, brought it down. I'm sorry, not Oklahoma, NC State. My, I'm looking at my notes. At, <laughs> incorrect. NC State was in it in the, t- in the, in the top five. Um, but all that's irrelevant because a week ago, he narrowed it down to North Carolina and Alabama and reinstalled this Friday for his announcement. Um, and we'll choose between those two schools. And so Inside Carolina, we'll have full coverage. So check it out. Hopefully you'll, you're listening to this before that happens. Uh, as far as a player, he's a very, very unique player. And I've said this a bunch of times where, where if you have a, a creative defensive coordinator will be able to, to take Dilworth and make him into an All-American. I, I truly believe that he has a very unique skill set, but you have to kind of be creative with with that. Super explosive. You look at his high school numbers. I mean, you talk about production over 200 tackles last season, and over 100 of them were solos. And he, because he's so explosive, he gets to the ball um, and, and and just makes tackles. Hard worker off the field, also. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's just de- definitely a guy you want on your roster. Nary doing and Alabama wants this guy. I mean, he is an Alabama caliber linebacker. Yeah, well, so with Alabama, I believe that 
they will use him more as a, a DB, uh, maybe kind of like a hybrid safety slash linebacker. I don't think they'll use him as a true uh, linebacker in the traditional sense. You know, they tend to like those bigger um, linebackers. What was the hybrid safety linebacker in um, in the off in the defense with the first defensive coordinator for Larry Fedora called? Oh, the the bandit. You said um, well, they had the bandit and then the ram. Yeah, I think Ram was the safety. Was the safety? Yeah. Linebacker. What was that yeah. defense coordinator name? What was his name? Vic Coning. Nice. How was he dealing with? <laughs> you know, if you understood Vic, he was a great guy. You got to understand that he's he's a little bit of an Eeyore, um, <laughs> and um, he's very dry, very dry humor, which some people don't understand, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you were cool with that, then and I was, then then he's fine. And he, but he'll do anything for you, and he'll help you as much as you can, can. But I guess some of the UNC players didn't take too kindly to that. But you know, he's, he's been successful a lot of different places. He's at West Virginia right now. Yeah, yeah. And he was and he at Troy. Really, he was at he Troy did, for three years or four years. Yeah, and he did a lot of good things at Troy when he was there. It just wasn't. I guess it wasn't a good fit at North Carolina for whatever reason. Well, he's in North Carolina for three years. He was the architect of the 70 points that ECU put on UNC. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 that's I, one I, way to put it. I remember I wasn't covering UNC then. I was in Nashville still. I might have been doing some stuff for the site, uh, another site, but I remember exactly where I was when I watched that game. And uh, I remember when I – because he we overlapped a little bit, I think. or I, I came in and was definitely trying to like talk to some coaches and, and get some sources and whatnot. And just getting to know the people, like he, he didn't have a second for me. I mean, mm. it was it was so disrespectful. Gotcha. Maybe maybe he just didn't like you. I mean, he didn't know me. Oh, that's true. You, and now look at me now. Everybody who knows Ross likes him. So so that that's the solution. <laughs> that's not true at all. Now look at me now, hosting the premier UNC football recruiting podcast. That's right. If Vic only knew what he was dealing with. All right. Renary Dilworth, good stuff there. Ra ra. He's committing Friday, so this guy could be a you know who knows could be a Tar Heel, could be a um, Bama guy by then. All right, next one, a guy I, I'm not as familiar with. JJ Jones, recognize the name, wide receiver from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, six three one ninety five, ranked the uh, three star, ranked five fifteen overall, eighty four wide receiver. And number four player in South Carolina, he I guess he caught passes from Luke Doty. Yes. Um, now the one thing I, I need to kind of throw out there is that they've only played they only played one season together, and during that season, both him and Doty had some injuries, and so they actually. I mean, I know the South Carolina people make a big deal about this, but they actually didn't play together as much as people think. Gotcha. And they weren't even they and JJ Jones transferred into that school prior to last season. So they're not like yeah, I mean, I'm sure they knew each other, but they're not nearly as close as people think. But go ahead. Yeah. Um it seems like South Carolina's leading for this guy, not to confuse with JJ Jones, who is the uh reporter for CBS Sports, UNC alum, also worked for the DTH and Sports Illustrated. All right. Um yeah, so he's the larger wide receiver that UNC is kind of targeting. Uh what's going on with his recruitment right now? Yeah, so he is actually – he tweeted out earlier this week that he's going to come out with a top, t- a top schools list soon. 
So by the time you listen to this, he might already have it out. I think it's 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 safe to assume North Carolina is going to be on that list. I think you can expect South Carolina. Uh, Clemson, who hasn't offered him, is a school that he really likes and really wants an offer from. Georgia's making a strong impression. Tennessee's in there. Virginia Tech. Um, there's a bunch of other schools also that could also, depending on how big this list is. If it's a, if it's the top five, I think Clemson, Georgia, UNC, Tennessee, and Virginia Tech are good bets to make it. Or South Carolina also um, uh, is is a good bet to make it. Um, but uh, if it goes ten or more, then then you know, I mean. Who knows who who actually who are some of the other schools? But those schools I mentioned are the main schools. As far as talent, I mean, he's a tall, long, wide receiver, a little bit on the raw side. He's a basketball player who's still kind of learning the the game of football. But he's a guy that I know North Carolina wants just because of his his length and his size and his ability to to catch the deep ball. And if you're trying to envision him in your mind, think of of Bug or um, uh, Quinshaw Davis, that sort of type of wide receiver. Yeah, and it, it seems South Carolina is is potentially leading for this guy, dude. South Carolina is ranked; their class right now is ranked fifty four in the nation. They gotta get on it. Yeah, what's going on with South Carolina recruiting in general? I think some of it is just the fact that well, one is early, so it's ho- so hard to kind of yeah, look yeah. at rankings and draw any conclusions. But also, I mean, this is a coaching staff that's on the hot seat, and nobody knows what's going to ha- going to happen. I think some people assume that if they don't they don't do certain things that they're going to be fired. And that's, it's a hard um, cloud to kind of work under, you know, Fedora faced the same thing his, his last season with the class that he was trying to put together and, and Mac was able to come in and kind of save it. And that's what really South Carolina has the potential to do is, is to hire a coach that, um, that brings a lot of um, positivity and, and um, promise and, and can kind of sway some of these recruits. But I think a lot of recruits for South Carolina are a little hesitant because they don't know what's going to happen there. Mm, Will Muschamp on the hot seat. Put on the hot seat by Don. I don't think Don put him on the hot seat. Uh, oh, he went. Damn, they went four and eight last year. Yeah, but they beat Georgia. And where were you at when you saw them beat Georgia? I was in the man cave. I'm assuming there should be no assuming. This was a <laughs> moment. Yeah, I remember that. There were some good games that day. Yeah. It's the magic that, of the man cave. That and all the, the beef and bean nachos with two pounds of beef, two pounds of beans. Yeah. I did not know they went four and eight. I, I thought they had made a bowl. Jeez Louise. So he's gone six, seven, six and seven, nine and four, seven and six, four and eight. So it's trending downwards. Um, crazy. All right. Back on it. JJ Jones. Um, so is that, is that Clemson? I mean, it's Clemson, Georgia. Are they do they really want him? Well, Clemson hasn't offered him, and I don't, as of right now, I don't expect Clemson to offer him, but they are definitely keeping him quote-unquote warm in okay. case some things fall through with their, their top targets. Georgia, I don't think they want him as much as others, but they definitely they definitely have offered and are recruiting him pretty heavily. But I think North Carolina, South Carolina, South Carolina are definitely recruiting him much harder than, um, than Georgia. Okay. J.J. Jones, good stuff there. I mean, obviously a talented guy that some of the bigger schools want. Just like UNC, which is also a big school. All right. Next one, Jared Wilson from West Forsyth High School in Clemens, North Carolina. Offensive guard, 6'4", 325, great size and weight for a, for a high school prospect. Um, number 385 overall in the 24-7 sports composite. Number 21, offensive guard. Number 22 in the state of North Carolina. Um, and he's a three-star. Floor is yours, Donnie. 
So uh, Jared actually spent three months on Georgia's commitment list. And then when, when Sam Pittman left, uh, that kind of – after kind of looking at the situation and trying to establish new relationships, he decided it would be best for him to start fresh, and he decommitted from the Bulldogs. North Carolina was one of the benefactors of that. He ended up taking two visits to UNC towards the end of his uh, commitment uh, with Georgia, but UNC stayed in it. There's other schools that kind of bumped in. Uh, I guess about a month ago, he came out with a top eight consisting of LSU, Auburn, UNC, Georgia, Florida, Florida State, Clemson, and Arkansas. Um, and you know, he's at. I think he's getting. He's one of those guys who is kind of starting to realize because of the coronavirus um, pandemic, which has caused the dead period. That hey, maybe I have enough information to make some decisions. And you know, he's getting closer to making a decision. He might be committed by the time you hear this podcast who knows um but those are the schools that that uh he's definitely considering i think north carolina is a very strong challenger in his recruitment for sure all right good stuff jared wilson little tease there by don on him um big time i mean this guy's obviously georgia wanted him i mean Big guy. Anything else we know about him? I mean, is this guy athletic? Is he oh yeah, player? I didn't even I didn't even get into him as a player. Yeah, I mean, the thing about him is that he's a massive human being. He was he listed at six four, three hundred twenty five pounds, but he moves so well, particularly with his body control and his ability to bend. And why that matters is because. Um, you want your guards to pull a lot, and they're going to have to run around things. Um, and a lot of bigger guys have a hard time. They don't have the agility or the flexibility or the body control to make those movements, but Jarrett can. So there's a lot of different things you can do, especially if your your offense is, is going to rely on its guards to kind of pull out and trap and, and lead um, plays on blocks and get, in, and get into space and block um, defenders. Tough. All right, Jerry Wilson. Oh, wait, I just crossed that. Okay. Uh, Javari Ritzy. Hang on, I X'd out his profile. My bad, Javari. What's his nickname? Does he have a nickname too? No, it's Day Day is the guy that I'm thinking of. Yeah, okay. I mean, they call him Ja, but, you know, Javari. What'd you say? They call it Javari, they call him Ja, J-A-H. Gotcha. You know what that means? What, what does Ja means? What does Ja mean? I think it means like God. Okay. Yeah, the the Rossafarian name for God. Okay, like Ja Rule. Uh, well, that was J A. Ah, oh, so it's Jaws J A H. Um, yeah, you big Rossafarian guy. I uh, I can't say that I am. <laughs> yeah, if you listen to a lot of Rossafarian music or reggae music, uh, you hear the word Ja a lot. It means God. The more you know. All right, uh, Javari Ritzy. Strong side defensive end, 6'4", 275, Glenn High School in Kernersville. So he goes to the same high school as Rara. Yes, they do. Oh, um, dang. That's a good defense. Yeah, yeah. And they had a good team, and, and they were they're hopeful for this season because a lot of their players from last year are obviously going to be seniors, including Ritzy and and Rara. But uh, with, with Ritzy's situation, you know, he's one of those ones that he's kind of the opposite of what I was mentioning with um, – Jarrett Wilson, where he definitely wants to wants to complete his due diligence, make his visits, and then make a decision. He did come out with a 
top schools list in back in January, which consisted of NC State, Kentucky, Tennessee, UNC, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Duke, Florida, and Wake Forest. Um, with all that, I, I think that North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia are probably the, the three most, um, uh, I guess, the, 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 the most, I guess, challenging in this recruitment. North Carolina is definitely in it for sure. You know, his mother, who's who I believe is involved in academics, is really enjoys uh, the, the academic program that North Carolina has to offer, but also appreciates the, the balance with, with sports. Um, as far as a player, Ritzy has all the physical tools. You know, he's, he's a little bit on the raw side, but all the physical tools, he has a size, as you mentioned, he's six, four and a half, 274 pounds, very athletic. He excels in track and field. Also, um, in addition to football, uh, you know, he's, as I said, a little bit on the raw side, but he's definitely a guy that a defensive line coach just wants to get his hands on to kind of mold him into becoming, um, an elite player. And sorry, I mean, what's he doing? What's his UNC? I mean, is he? UNC lean or, or what's going on with him and UNC? So he has tried to keep, you know, play his cards close to the vest, not really show a whole lot. Uh, but I got to think that North Carolina is a strong challenger in this. And if not the, the leader, now he doesn't, he has a name to leader, won't say a leader, but I got to think North Carolina is definitely um, a strong player in this. That'd be another four star in-state four star for the Tar Heels. Teammates with Rara, Dilworth. I mean, yeah, hop on in, Javari. You know, the, the everyone's getting on the bus. So there we go, Javari Ritzy. All right, uh, Zaire Patterson, another in-state 24-7 sports composite four-star player. Weak side defensive end, 6'6", 215. So definitely more of that long Des Evans-type frame. Winston-Salem prep in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, 331 in the nation, 19 weak side defensive end, number 17 in the state of North Carolina. Zaire Patterson, Don. So his recruitment is a little bit more precarious. Uh, you know, at one point, he had it down to North Carolina, South Carolina, Clemson. It was close to making a decision. Then he decided to just throw that all out the window, start over. And the last time I spoke to him, which was about a month ago, it was right before the, the dead period was imposed. Um, you know, he mentioned wanting to come out with like a top 10 and Clemson and Alabama were only for sure to make it um, onto the top 10. Although I, you know, I think it's safe to assume North Carolina would be on there too. He's, you know, because he comes from a small school that, that hasn't had a lot of these sort of recruitments and um you know, and some other factors involved in his, I guess, home life. There's a lot of different directions this could go. I mean, this could head down the straight path to head to Clemson or Alabama or UNC, or he could just kind of come out of nowhere and just commit to another school. I truly believe that he's kind of a little bit of all over the place with things and, you know, certain plans, he follows them and then all of a sudden kind of diverts in a different direction. So this can really go anywhere. I think North Carolina is, is a, a very strong, player in this recruitment and i could definitely see him end up at unc eventually but i mean this is this is going to be a little bit of a roller coaster ride with him as far as a player you just like uh, i mentioned with um ritzy i mean this kid has it all but only he whereas ritzy's more of an inside sort of strong side and slash three technique sort of guy um definitely perfect for that that four eye technique that that jay bateman likes zaire is more of a pure 
edge rushing guy. So for UNC, he'd be the outside linebacker that would come off the edge and constantly uh, apply pressure to, to the uh, quarterback. But he has all the talent there. Um, you know, he also has a basketball background. Um, great, uh, great bend, great agility, great body control, very explosive, long arms, and he's he's doing a good job of using them. Um, uh, but really, you know, he has a super high ceiling. I mean, he could, if he does what he needs to do, I mean, he could be a very high draft pick in the NFL when all is said and done. Mm. Who does Winston-Salem prep play? So it's, it's 1A schools. So they play... So they're, pri- they're private, right? They are not private. They actually are not private. They, um, okay. they played um, East... I believe they played East Surrey last year. And East Surrey has uh, or had Je- uh, Jefferson Boaz... And Stephen Gosnell. Gosnell, yeah, and then a, and a bunch of other guys um, also. Um, so, so they play teams. That's probably the best thing they played all season. But they play a lot of smaller schools, smaller public schools. Gotcha. All right, awesome. Moving on from uh, Zaire Patterson, X him out here, and all right, Miles Campbell, a tight end. I think this is a new name with uh, with John Lilly on board here from South Paulding High School. In Douglasville, Georgia, 6'3-220-459 in the nation, 18 tight end, number 36 player in the state of Georgia. Uh, rather new recruitment, Don. What's going on with him? Yeah, so he's kind of the product of UNC changing tight end coaches. Every coach has different wants, different needs, diff, you know, for their particular position. And he's a guy that Tim Brewster, for whatever reason, maybe didn't evaluate him. I don't know. Uh, did not have him on the board. But shortly after John Lilly joined UNC staff, Miles Campbell was offered. And from what I've been told, he's a guy that uh, Lilly really likes and has put a lot of effort into recruiting. Uh, he's one of the ones that he hasn't visited North Carolina. So it's so hard. To, and he hasn't visited a lot of places that he's wanted to visit. So it's ha- so hard to kind of gauge just where things are at. Georgia Tech seems like a school that he really likes and is, is, is very. Um, is a very strong player in it. Tennessee's also involved. NC State's been recruiting for a while, and they're involved. Maryland's involved. I think the actual race has yet to be defined for him, and I think once he makes some visits, including a visit to North Carolina, we'll have a better feel for what's going on for him. As far as his playing ability, you know, he's the he's the type. He's a very versatile tight end that you could do a lot of different things with. He could be attached to the line. You could put him out in the slot. You can even put him out wide, or even put him out in into. Uh, the backfield like a fullback and have him be a lead blocker or even run routes from um, that spot. So very versatile, um, had some good numbers his uh, junior season uh, playing um, in Georgia. Um, so, you know, he's, he's a guy that could do a lot of things within North Carolina's offense. All right, great. Miles Campbell. So is it pretty safe to say that they're going to take a tight end this year? Yeah, they definitely want to take a tight end. And, you know, I, I, he's a guy that has become maybe a personal favorite of um, John Lilly from what I understand. Okay, great. Miles Campbell. All right. Logan Taylor from Episcopal School in Alexandria, Virginia. 6'8", 290, offensive tackle. Another four-star. Uh, 334 in the nation. Uh, number 28, offensive tackle. Number eight player in the state of Virginia. Logan Taylor. Uh, relatively new name for me. I feel, I feel like I've seen it around a little bit. What's going on with him? And then, and then I'll ask another question about the offensive line recruiting in this class. All right. So with him, because of his situation, his recruitment really hasn't been defined at all. 
you're talking about a kid who really up until I guess about a year or so ago was um was kind of working on I think it was some sort of like um like shrimp farm or something like that um and then was kind of discovered in Canada in Canada so he his idea of college football is is kind of off there um and he but then he was, I guess, recruited, I guess is the word, to come to Episcopal High School in Alexandria, uh, where he has developed into this four-star offensive lineman with an unlimited ceiling. And um, so he has only made one recruiting visit, and that was to Virginia. He had planned a bunch of visits for the spring, but of course, all that was wiped out. I know there's been some rumors about North Carolina, you know, him committing North Carolina and everything. North Carolina, he definitely likes North Carolina, but... I just think there's a lot that needs to be done before he makes any sort of moves visit wise and that sort of thing. And as his coach told me recently, you know, right now his focus, Logan Taylor's focus is getting from Canada back to the United States, which is not easy nowadays with what's going on with the, the coronavirus. And then the second thing is, is that he's, he told me, and this is exact quote that he doesn't know the difference between Kent state and Penn state. So that's just and and it's funny to us because we grew up, but in Canada, college football is not that big. You know, they're they're big on hockey and 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 stuff like that. So um, so he has a lot of learning to do. So I think really he he could be kind of like a um a surprising surprising recruitment in what direction he ends up because he doesn't have all these biases that everybody else comes into the recruiting with. As far as his ability, I talked about a little bit. Very raw. Um, but definitely has um, the athleticism, the you know country strong strength sort of thing, which comes from just you know what what he's been doing with his life the past uh, few years. Um, but definitely has a very very high ceiling. Awesome, Logan Taylor. All right, so what is UNC taking offensive line wise? They have one commitment, um, the guy from Tennessee. Yeah, Eli Sutton. So Eli Sutton, one tackle. So, yes, one tackle. So. They want one more tackle, which a Logan Taylor commitment would solve. Now, if okay. if they can land a guy like Jarrett Wilson for guard, then they'll do yeah. that because they feel like Jarrett Wilson is so elite. Even though he's only a three star, I think he should be a four star personally. But that I don't I don't handle those those rankings. <laughs> um, they feel like he's so elite that if he um, if he were to want to commit to North Carolina, they would gladly accept it, and then. And basically, have a class of two tackles and a guard. Okay, so no center in this class. No, no, they're good. And, and the thing to keep in mind is that UNC does not lose or is not projected to lose anyone after this yeah. season at offensive line. It's all it's. There's no seat scholarship seniors in the 2000 in the senior class coming up, and I think they're gonna they're gonna have Adorno play center. It seems like. Yeah, I think that was the early indications. So they have Ty Murray. They have Brian Anderson, Ty Murray, and Adorno center. You'd probably expect them to take a center in the 2022 class. Yeah, sounds good. There you go. Rossi scoops. All right. um, Bryson Nesbitt is our next guy. This is number nine. We have two more left. Well, this one and the next one. Bryson Nesbitt. uh, Pull up here. Ooh, another tight end. 6'6", 220. From South Mecklenburg High School in Charlotte, North Carolina, four nine seven overall ranking in the twenty twenty one class. Number twenty two tied in, number twenty seven in the great state of North Carolina. See this guy's name a lot. I've seen him associated with NC State. Some what's going on with Nesbit? Well, I think this is our tenth guy, by the way. Um, oh, so, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Um, so last one. Thing, last one. That's last one. So 
the thing with him is that uh, he's a guy that that didn't play football until this past season, and then a couple of um, months into the season, or I guess a month into the season, he just blew up, got an offer from LSU first, and then a bunch of other offers kind of followed. Uh, and he is a very smart kid. Both of his parents played sports in college. His dad's still involved in sports. Um, they both went. Both of his parents went to South Carolina, which I think is important. His dad is still involved. He is the, I believe, the sideline reporter for the radio station that covers South Carolina. So these, these are. This is a family that's very that understands the recruiting game as much as anyone. And so because of that, Bryson has taken a very, I guess, um, quiet approach to his recruitment doesn't doesn't reveal a whole lot won't name favorites won't name leader won't say like this school that school and nothing like that so it's hard to kind of figure out what's going on with it but i think that you gotta assume south carolina because of his connections is definitely a contender north carolina was one of the first schools to offer and he's visited there a bunch you gotta you gotta assume that north carolina is in in it um and then clemson is a school that has not offered but he has visited a bunch which i think is um it's kind of interesting, um, and I, you got to think they're involved. But I think there's other school like oh, LSU. I think I need to mention he has some he has a connection to um, the, the coaching staff over there, and I think they'll be involved. So it's kind of difficult to um, figure out exactly what's going on uh, with him. And anybody who says they know either has some sort of special phone line to him or is just blatantly lying because he just is really good about keeping stuff to himself. And, and even sources I talked to who, who um, talked to uh, Bryson have no idea what's really going through his head because he keeps everything to himself. As far as the player, you know, as I said, a basketball background, um, it, it kind of your stereotypical basketball player turned tight end. So, so he has the leaping ability. He has the, the long arms, um, you know, uh, so, you know, he has the, the ability, basically, you know, if you think about it, going up for, to, to catch the rebound, that's how he approaches football. And that's a huge asset in the red zone and catching, um, passes while in, um, in a crowd, um, definitely kind of learning the game as far as his route running and blocking and all that sort of stuff, but has a very high ceiling because of his athletic background. All right, great. Bryson Nesbitt, that's the last of our top 10 countdown here. I should have done an ad a lot earlier in this podcast. I'm gonna do it now. We want to definitely mention Johnny T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. There are podcast subscribers here inside Carolina. And for those who are premium subscribers, you can get a 10% off discount code by logging on to the premium message boards, Tar Heel, Tar Pit, and UNC Basketball, and get 10% off all your purchases online or in-store at Johnny T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. Great selection. As I, as I said before, I went and got three sweatshirts there. I mean, they have everything you need. Tons of sweatshirts, tons of T-shirts. It's a great store. Anything you need, Carolina-wise, toboggans, hats, stickers, all that good stuff, um, jerseys, all at Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street and online at johnnytshirt.com. And, and like we like to do, I mean, during this time when a lot of small businesses are struggling, it's good to support the ones that are locally owned. They're definitely not getting as much foot traffic during this time. Um, so yeah, support your, your local businesses like Johnny t-shirt by going online and, and getting some gifts for your friends and family, Johnny t-shirt, giant t-shirt.com inside Carolina subscribers, get 10% off with the discount code. And we'll be right back with one more ad. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we're back. All right, Don, good job. A lot of talking there for your top 10 most wanted. And we could have some more recruiting news here. Uh, we recorded this Wednesday. Could have some more news in the coming days concerning some of those players as well. But uh, that's about it football-wise football wise for us, right? Yeah, so let's get into the the top five. Okay, I've not looked at this, nor have I done my top five, but I'm pulling it up here. <laughs> All right, but so I'm how gonna... about I will read? Yeah. We have we only have three submissions, which okay. is very very sad. So I'll read mm. two, and then you read one. That should give you enough time to do your five. Okay. All right, so I'll start with I'm going to start with a uh, long time, long time. Dale from Waxhall always submits. I feel like every week he submits. Um, and even weeks where he can't contribute. I think the podcast one, he wasn't able to contribute. And because the only podcast he listens to is this, which I am, I mean, that's just a huge compliment. <laughs> so anyway, um, so Dale, his number five, sleeping in. Now that I don't have to get up at 3.30 and the fact that I've been working late due to workday disruption, I can, I can sleep until 8 a.m. And that is awesome. Uh, number four, cooking. Since home every day, I now have the opportunity to cook. So every other night, making dinner. Uh, number three, family movie night. Since kids don't have to get up super early during the week or get up early on weekends for sports, I have been having family movie nights. Number two, landscaping projects. With my son's baseball canceled, now have time to tackle landscaping projects. And number one, nightly family walks around the neighborhood. Get us out of the house and say hi to neighbors six feet away, of course. Um, very similar to my list, um, the, fa- the, the nightly family walks. We, I mean, we, we've done the walks or whatever, but I know a lot of people in our neighborhood, our, our neighborhood Facebook page has organized different um, walking and parades and, you know, be, or being out in your, in your um, driveway and that sort of thing, which, which has kind of helped a little bit with everything. So that's kind of cool. So I'll, more- read, I'll read John's here, John from Charleston. Okay. Of All course right. you didn't oh, sorry, pick sorry, Noah's. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Noah from Korea. John okay, okay. Uh, read it here. All right, Noah from Korea. Another one of our loyal podcast submitters. We appreciate that. Got to get more people submitting. All right, number one, quality time with the kids. I have a six- and four-year-old. I have six- and four-year-old girls. We've been on e-learning for six weeks now in Korea. My wife and I both work full-time. 
but we're also full-time child care providers and teachers as well. It's been brutal to cobble together schedules without relatives in the hemisphere of support. Silver lining is a lot of time with the kids. I'm hopeful that all of this will lead to a generation growing up interested in epidemiology, lab science, and medical professions. My girls are ready to get started, so we've been spending a lot of time learning about viruses and how they worked. Uh, how they work. The kids love it. I'm glad for this time with them. I'm glad I read this one because I don't know if you could have pronounced epidemiology. You're right about that. Uh, that's a good point. I mean, I, obviously, I don't have kids, but a lot of my friends have young kids, and you're really getting a chance to see them grow up. My buddy, uh, shout out Wayne House, shout out Keaton Brewer. They both have young kids. So instead of spending away times traveling and, and working away from home, I mean, they're seeing these kids grow up for what could be six months, which is critical time. And, and often you miss some of the special moments with, uh, mm. with the kids that age, you know, age one to four or so when they're really learning and talking and walking and stuff. A little sentimental um, words there by, by myself. All right. Two, financial health check. There's no, better time, there's no better time to make sure accounts are well organized. Money is going where it should cash isn't sitting in old accounts, et cetera. We're streamlining our financial accounts and purging our physical possessions, selling or donating things we don't need and use. That's a great thing right there. Purging yeah. our physical possessions. Noah's quite the writer. All right, three, gardening. It's planting season in Korea, and we're using weekends at home to dig beds and plant herbs, greens, veggies, and berries. I personally enjoy gardening. It's also a good teaching technique for the kids and a sign of hope in a generally dark time. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like everything's like going to hell right now, but everything's blooming outside. Everything's green. Um, like nature is not affected at all. Birds are chirping. I saw a freaking groundhog last week. Frog was on my door for a couple of days. A lot of nature. All right, cooking. Yeah, there's mating That's, going on. Yeah, mating season. Anything else on that? No, I think I should stop there. <laughs> for cooking as one of you mentioned in the last pod it was probably me now's the time to try those complicated recipes you've been meaning to get to do for a while my wife and i both like to cook but with the kids home now we've included them in experimenting and trying new things cooking is great for practicing fractions multiplications for studying chemical reactions to heat fermentation dude noah is like a big time big time with the kids teaching them everything about I viruses like about multiplication fractions what a, what a great father. All right. And five, giving thanks. We have job security, financial peace, and good health and are very aware that many are not so fortunate. It's easy for anyone to take things for granted. But if there's anything this pandemic has taught us, it's just how easily things we take for granted can be taken away. We're trying, we're trying to just be generous and thankful to be there for those who have been rocked by this. All right. So... I am going to go with our last submission, Ryan from Chapel Hill, who, um, and you'll hear this in his top five, very involved with this uh, COVID situation with the research and everything like that. Um, he hasn't gone into too much detail, but I, I think that um, definitely something to do with the, the science of it he's involved with, which I think is interesting. He works in, in, at UNC, obviously. All right. Number five, updating myself on current music could use more playlist recommendations. So maybe that's an idea for a podcast. I think it's it's so hard to do um, a top five from music because it's so diverse and, and people have so much, so diverse taste. You know what I mean? But yeah, that'd be a good one. I don't, I don't see you as, as a big music guy. I am, 
I am not, I guess. I mean, I have my what I like to listen to, but nowadays if I'm gonna put anything on, it's it's a podcast. Yeah. You know? So same, same. So that's when I'm uh, working and when I'm working and listening to music. Yes, yeah, I don't even do that. I used to listen to I used to be a big like radio as far as like like a sports talk radio guy. I've moved completely away from that. But when I was, I would have that in the background all the time and work. And because, I mean, especially for like like ESPN Radio, for example, like no matter what show it is, they have the same topics for each one. It's just different takes on them based on the show. So you don't miss anything if you're, you know, not paying 100% attention. So I was cool with that. But with podcasts, I do want to kind of absorb everything I'm listening to. So I save those now for, uh, you know, walks, runs, exercise, um, you know, I, I put the podcast on when I'm in the shower. We have a waterproof uh, speaker thing and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. Number four, writing. I was encouraged to create a contemporaneous journal. I, I almost didn't know. I almost going to ask you to pronounce that for me. Journal of what I am doing during this and my, pers- my perspective as a uh, virologist on the decision, decisions being made. Uh, number three, reconnecting with old friends, trying to stay in touch with old friends, especially folks in medicine, to check in on them. Number two, calling my folks every day. I can't really go to see my family right now, so I'm take I'm talking to them every day on the phone to ensure they're doing everything they can to keep themselves healthy. And number one, COVID-related work. I can't get into much more than that. Suffice it to say, though, that some of the brightest minds in medicine are here in Chapel Hill, and we're all working extremely hard together as one team. I think um, really, I really enjoy Ryan's um, con- contribution to our podcast because it's really interesting to me, especially because he's contributed before. But now with all this other stuff going on, it, it's great to kind of get, even though he doesn't go into too much detail, but just kind of get a sense of just a little bit of what, what he's doing while he's listening to our podcast. Okay. I'll go with my top five and then you go to yours. All right. Okay. Um, all right, I'm taking one out. Okay. Well, I was going to say like running, working out, but I kind of really do that. So it's nothing really different. I, I would say I'm not no real order here, but I've been doing more walks and more trail walks, exploration. There's a lot of great trails in Chapel Hill. And it, I think it's one of the best parts about the town is just the trail system throughout different parts of, I mean, you could be on campus and then literally less than quarter mile, you're in the woods. Um, it's just so wooded and there's such a great trail. So I've had, I've had fun exploring every single one. I mean, I don't know fun. We just walk in the woods. We put on podcasts and just walk around. Um, okay. Shows. I'm in crushing shows, uh, left and right. Really watching a lot of HBO right now. Started band of brothers, uh, started, uh, vice principals. Um, uh, what was the other one? Americans. I mean, I'm just every night I'm watching, you know, two or three episodes, maybe sneaking in one at lunch. Etc. I've been doing um, really starting more projects outside. I've painted my patio, um, things like that. Things that I just wouldn't do if I didn't have like a chunk of time. And honest, honestly, I've been so busy with work that I can only do it on the weekends. But I'm also doing some gardening, which I normally do, but a little more time for that. Uh, cooking, really getting creative with some cooking th- stuff, as I've talked about. Baking a little bit more. I've made banana bread three times now. Trying new recipes, New York Times. Some, I love some banana bread. Yeah, I'm almost a little you, tired of it now. Do you put walnuts in your banana bread? I put chocolate chips. Ooh, okay. I, I honestly have not tried that. I love walnuts in it, though. 
but um, it's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so doing more baking, which I normally don't do, and then trying new recipes. New York Times is a great tons of recipes. You can just like Google and you kind of go search for anything on there, and you can come up with different recipes. So that's been cool. But I've only been in the grocery store like I haven't gone to the grocery store in two weeks. Really? So I'm trying. I'm trying to like load up when I go, and because at Trader Joe's they have a line out there, so try to just really get a bunch of stuff, eat off of it for two or three weeks, and then go again. Uh, so I may be going again coming up this weekend. And my last one is Zoom calls with friends and old friends. A lot of my f- best friends are spread out across the country, so I don't get to see them that much or talk to them that much. And when you're busy during the week, everybody has different schedules. You just don't get them all together. And we certainly don't do like FaceTime or Zoom calls normally during regular life. But since everyone's pretty much home every night, We've set up uh, weekly or, or every other week phone calls with some friends. I, we had one this Saturday with my buddy and his wife who live in freaking Denmark. So we had mm. to set up a time for that. And I have some friends in California and Colorado we've set up with. And then I did one last night with some friends across North Carolina and, and New York and stuff. All right. That's it. When I was in the fourth grade, I did a report on Denmark. And ever since then, I've always wanted to visit. Probably I've been the twi- only. I've been, been twice. twice? So what do you, yeah. what, what's it like? It's just really nice. I mean, all of Scandinavia was just nice. Mm-hmm. They just have it's just they have good governments. They have good you know, super high taxes because they have a lot of like, government funded stuff. But a very clean, very nice. Um, you know, Copenhagen is a great city. Um, yeah, it's good. I mean, I don't think there's nothing too special about Denmark, mm-hmm. but it's it's a nice it's a nice European uh, country. Uh, my buddy gotcha. got that same that same friend got married there, so I went to his wedding out there. Gotcha. All right, my five. All right, so number five, more time with kids. I already spent a lot of time with my kids before, <laughs> as I mentioned before, with the sports stuff. But it's, I think it's now it's a little bit more, I guess, hands on uh, because before it'd be like, all right, taking them to a basketball practice, and you you talk to them on the ride there, the ride back. Uh, but then during that hour and a half of practice. I'm basically kind of doing work and kind of watching them and there's not really a whole lot of interaction or whatever, but now it's like a lot of uh, involvement with their school stuff. Um, and I mean, I'm, yeah, I think, I don't know if it was you or somebody else called me yesterday when I was quote unquote uh, teaching gym where we were just playing basketball in the driveway, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Um, and there's a lot more stuff involved with the kids throughout my top five that you'll, you're here up, uh, you're here um, as I release them. Um, number four Catching up in general. So I've been able to catch up with everything from TV shows, which I have started to kind of dive into, or I will soon dive into some of the lists that were provided during our recent top five a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I was so far behind in so many different things. I'm almost all caught up with everything, which has been great. Same thing for reading. Um, I have certain columnists that I like to read and, and I'm all caught up with, with those um, work. There's a lot of like side things research i like to do that i was behind on that i'm all caught up on um which is great um number three more exercise so here's my story so our neighborhood which you know our facebook page is pretty active you know with each other and some of it is bad because there's a lot of complaining about who parked where and everything like that but uh some of it's good and positive and one of the things was one of the women started up this um step competition and so my wife joined in. She talked me into joining it. And we went freaking crazy. 
I did on last Monday, I did, what was it? Over 23,000 steps. This is going around the neighborhood, running around the neighborhood, going on the treadmill. I literally would do uh, the way that we, my wife has like a board on our, on our treadmill. So, and, and we, you know, and you can put your laptop up there and do work. So I'd be, you know, walking or walking fast while doing work for like, you know, a couple hours. Anyway, so I did that over 23,000 steps. My wife actually beat me that day. Mm. I can't remember how many she did, but she did more than me. The next day, I did over 26,000 steps. And she it was just like going nuts. Like literally, like she's waiting for me to get off the, the treadmill. And I could hear her walking around the, the, um, the living room. And then, so, I, you know, once I got my 26,000 steps or whatever, we, we sit down and watch the TV show. The TV show's over at nine or whatever. And then she's like, all right, I'm going to go back on the treadmill, which is very, very not. We don't usually at night we're we're we relax, no, nothing like that. And I was like, all right, this is just getting insane. So I'm like, look, we need to go hang out and do something else, not go on the treadmill again, uh, just so that you could try to you know, beat what I did. And so um, I was like, look, if I need to pull myself out of this, I will. So I did. I pulled myself out of it. And then so she didn't go on the treadmill. And she, too, which I didn't realize until like a couple of days later, because, you know, she does her own thing. I do my own thing, even though we live in the same house. She, too, stopped doing all the step stuff. And I was like, why? Why did you stop? Because this other lady ended up winning, even though, you know, um, Katie started off the week with having over 50,000 steps. And she's like, well, because it's not fun competing with these other people because I could always one up them, but you are so freaking crazy that you will, you will, you will lose a limb just to win this competition. And it was no point once you pulled out. So, and she's right because my legs absolutely killed me. My, my, um, left Achilles was probably close to popping. It was, I was so painful. I had a hard time walking up and down the steps from Monday until about Thursday. And, and really what I would have to do is like stretch out really, really like extensively so that I could actually walk and run. And then afterwards I was in so much pain. It was crazy. Like I literally was in so much pain from Monday until Thursday. So, so that's my, my story. So needless to say, I didn't, other than those two days, I didn't do anything. I just basically kind of just rested <laughs> my legs because they were in so much pain. Okay. Anyway, hopefully you enjoyed that story. Yeah. I wish I'd get those five minutes back. Anyway, all right. Second thing, this goes back to the kids' haircut. So, Ross, what are you doing for your hair? I'm just letting it grow, super long. Okay. So, I was thinking the same thing, and then <laughs> talking to my kids, and they're like, "Just let us shave your hair." So, um, I guess it was Tuesday. My kids, or what Monday, Monday, my kids shaved my head. So I have a shaved head, which is why on the Zoom call last week, you saw me <laughs> with a hat on because I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> thinking anybody was going to see my head, um, you know, at that time. So, so yeah, so I have a completely bald shaven head, which isn't shaved 100% properly. So I got, I guess that's one of the things I normally would not do because um, it doesn't look good. And number one, I won't go into too much detail because uh, we talked about it before. We have a little book club going within my family, and we're reading To Kill a Mockingbird, and we read a chapter a day. My wife did fall behind late last week, but we took a break um, over the weekend to allow her to catch up. We're all back on track, and we're I think we're on chapter 14 today. And we're, we're in – well, my wife and I are enjoying it, and the kids hate everything, so they hate it also. But So that's my, my top five. All right. 
I thought you would. Uh, I thought you would like the the exercise because you know that I'm like severely out of shape. Well, I just know when you say you're running, you're lying to everybody. No, I do. I do run. <laughs> and now, I okay. mean, I'm not running like I'm not running like a mile straight or anything like that. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know what I I usually run like a particular block. I'll run that, and then I'll walk, and then I'll run another block, and then I'll walk. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. Yeah. Classic. Like there's yeah there's no like I don't like step out of my house and run for like 30 minutes. That does, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Everybody has their own path. All right. That's it guys. We'll be back next week. I believe with some, with some uh, recapping some positive news for the Tar Heels. Little, little hint there. Appreciate y'all listening to the scoop. Thanks for listening to another podcast from inside Carolina.com. Brought to you by johnnytshirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com.